Hi everyone, welcome to Buckle Up Podcast. I'm Natalia Earl and I'm a certified business and life coach that loves talking to people. I'm fascinated by humans and how our brain works. What is it that makes a decision good or bad and how does that decision ultimately shape our path and destiny? Everyone loves to talk about success, but what about the flip side? How about adversity? Failure is such a big and often necessary part of life and it's simply unavoidable. So I invite you to join me on this inspiring, honest, unpolished interview show with breathtakingly real conversations that go deep on setbacks and hardships that are part of the puzzle that ultimately lead to growth, discovery of inner greatness, and what makes us resilient. Grab your helmet and buckle up, people. It's going to be a bumpy ride, but what a ride it will be. Today's episode is brought to you by Sobi Promos. Are you looking for a way to spice up your marketing campaigns? Let the experts at Sobi Promos help you pick the perfect promotional product to reach your target audience. You guys, I get all my marketing materials from them and I get like a kid in a candy store. If you can put a logo on it, Sobi Promos can make it happen. Honestly, they make all my dreams come true. They're firm believers that your giveaways don't have to suck and they want to help you nail your next marketing effort. Use code BUCKLEUP for your 20% off at SobiPromos.com. That's S-O-B-E Promos.com. Or let them guide you through the process by emailing sales at SobiPromos.com. Oh, and tell them Natalia sent you. Today I sit down with Steve Gallegos. Known as America's ambassador on success, Steve is an international speaker, trainer, award-winning author, and authority on personal development and communications. Through lessons earned as a U.S. Marine, law enforcement officer, singer-songwriter, recording artist, board-certified civil trial lawyer, internet startup founder, and published commercial photographer, Steve delivers unparalleled real-world training and guidance to his audiences. As a coach, he guides executives, entrepreneurs, and public personalities to resolve matters, dealing with self-mastery, communications, and relationships. Steve is also the founder and president of the Voices of Impact Awards, the premier event which celebrates and equips people with stories that inspire humanity. Hello, Steve. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you arrive at the place where you are today? That's a very, very loaded question. It's an important question, but it's a very loaded question because many times we ask ourselves, where do we begin, right? Where do I start my story? And fortunately, I've been able to work on my story for a number of years. And so I know where to start. And it starts at 17 years old. I was in high school. And I tried numerous times to end my life, to commit suicide, because I didn't believe in myself, mostly because of the, my parental upbringing. I was in an abusive, very abusive environment. And so I grew up not knowing who I was, what I was, or whether I had any value. In fact, I'd been convinced by my parents that I was good for nothing. And so it's funny when we refer to somebody as good for nothing or stupid or idiot or something, the more of that they become. So the more good for nothing I became, such that when I'm 17 years old, I couldn't even commit suicide right. I couldn't make it happen. But the truth is that I had a voice always telling me inside, no, don't do this. There's something better for you. And so what I ended up doing, Natalia, is running away from home and joining the United States Marine Corps at 17 years old. And during that 13-week period of training, I transformed completely. I learned that everything my parents and the adults in my life had led me to believe about myself was completely incorrect. It was all a lie. And that I did have value and that I was good for so, so many things. The Marine Corps really was that transformation period in my life that literally saved me. It saved my life. 
And from the success that I had as a Marine, I was able to use that to have success also as a police officer, as a uh, trial lawyer, as a singer, songwriter, and recording artist. I had an album that's been considered for a Grammy Award. And since then, I've become an author and international speaker, helping others identify who they really are, connect with who they really are, and to dispel all the lies that we've been told about ourselves since we were kids. I've been able to do that now for the last hmm, decade and a half, almost two decades now, helping people do that. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's been a long journey. <laughs> Everything that you've been through thus far, Steve, what would you say the biggest adversity was for you and how did you overcome it? I think I described it a little bit. The biggest adversity I faced is, again, not recognizing who I was as a human being, that I had value. And so I think that's the biggest problem that a lot of people have to some degree or another, right? Some just think, oh, I'm not good enough for this or that or the other. I'm good at some things. And some people like me, I wasn't good at anything. Well, but there was one thing. There was one thing, Natalia, that I was really, really good at. And that was singing. When I opened my mouth to sing, people would applaud. They would say, yay. They would say, oh, you're so fantastic. All of these things. And so at a very early age, I developed in my mind that the way to get love in this world is to become a singer. Very early on, I wanted to become the modern day Julio Iglesias. And so that was my aspiration when I became an adult is to pursue a music career, singing career, not because I wanted to be famous and not because I wanted to necessarily be an international superstar, although that was part of it. For me, the driving force was, that's how you get love. Mm. When you're on stage, people love you, they applaud, they admire, they respect you. And that was incorrect thinking, right? But I didn't realize that until many years later. But that was the biggest adversity is really coming to terms with who am I? And realizing that everything that my parents had told me about myself had been a complete lie all along. And I speak on this subject a lot because unfortunately, a lot of our wiring happens to us at our most vulnerable state, which is our childhood, right? So we make a lot of life shifting decisions and we stick to it. Sometimes it's even passed out to us generationally. It's so important to be able to speak about this. And that was one of the reasons why I started this podcast, because I wanted people to share their journeys and say that you're not alone. What you're going through, I've gone through, and there are people, tools, organizations that can help you and change your wiring and prepare you for your next season of your life. Because like you identified with love, with just being on stage, right? And being recognized. And so many of us can relate to that. So why does storytelling matter in your opinion? And why is it important to share our journeys? That's a beautiful question. And the answer to that is for the reasons that you just stated. So that we can, number one, feel like we're making a contribution. Because for so many people, making a contribution means having the financial resources to donate to a cause or to start a charity or to have the time, right, to go and volunteer for a year building homes or something like that. But not everybody has the luxury of the finances or the time to do that. But what we all have is we all have a journey and we all have a story. And as I grew into the arena of a personal development expert and coaching others and helping others come to identify who they really are and what their purpose is. In the beginning, I was shocked that so many of the people that I spoke to that have seemingly amazing lives, they all went through some really, really tough challenges, whether it was childhood abuse and attempts at suicide, whether it was drug addiction, sex addiction, sex abuse, trafficking, discrimination, especially for women. It just really shocked me. But then I started realizing is that, hey, we all go through the challenges and it's the challenges that make us identify who we really are, right? When the going gets tough, it's the challenges that allow us to stand up and really find the courage right? Mm -hmm. To overcome things. And these are the teaching points. 
because once we realize that nobody makes it out of this world alive, right, we're all going to end our journey here. But while we're here, I believe, Natalia, and probably much like you do, I believe that our central purpose is to serve each other. Yes. Right. And one of the ways that we can serve each other very easily and without much effort at all is by sharing our stories. Stories is how we connect. Stories is how you and I can relate to one another. I mean, both of us are immigrants to this country. That right there is a, hey, we're very similar in that respect, right? And Eastern European and Latino families, very much, very traditional, very family-oriented, very ingrained in their customs and those kinds of things. So there's another point of relation, right? Once we understand these things about each other, I don't have to compete with you anymore. I don't have to look across the street and go, ah, look at Natalia and her family. They just put in a, a big swimming pool in their house. And even though we live in the same neighborhood and on the same block, I don't have a bigger pool as they do. And so my life must suck, right? Because right. look at them, right? They have a brand new car. My car's two years old. <laughs> and that's competition. And we, we live mm -hmm. in a society that has created that kind of scenario for us to compete against each other. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why we have so many problems in the world today is because we're always looking at each other, trying to compete instead of just recognizing, wow, Natalia, you're amazing because look what you've gone through. And I didn't go through that, but I went through something similar. And so when you realize that we all go through challenges and we all struggle and feel pain and we get hurt and we get discriminated against and we get abused to one degree and another, of course, we realize that we're all the same, much more the same than we are different. Yes. And it's those like minor differences that make us so special. And each one of us has their own journey and their own mission to be on. But overall, we are very similar. And having the background that you have being an immigrant and same here, I think vulnerability is one of the hardest things for us too, right? Especially like the country that I come from, you're a stoic and you don't show the emotion and you work hard and you achieve things. And that was one of the hardest things for me to be able to share my story and be that vulnerable person and not carry certain ideas that again, probably were passed down to us generationally. And some of us are dealt harder cards than the others. And mm -hmm. everybody has been through something. Everybody has a story to tell. But a lot of us tend to attach ourselves to our stories and become mm -hmm. our stories and become the victims of yes. life. How can we detach ourselves and why is it important to do so? That's a beautiful question. It's a very excellent question and more people should ask themselves that. And the reason is first, we need to understand, Natalia, it's a form of identification. Once you share your story, whatever the story is, let's say it's a story of you were physically abused as a child. Once you start sharing that story with people, most people would say, oh, I'm so sorry. Come here. Let me give you a hug or let me give you love or let me give you respect or whatever. If we're not careful, we can start to attach ourselves not to the story, but to the outcome mm. of what we receive by telling our story. And so this is why so many people are walking on this planet with a struggle, with a challenge, and they'll listen to someone like Tony Robbins or Oprah Winfrey or you, Natalia, and you'll give them advice on what to do, how to get out of it. And they'll go, okay, yeah. And then you see them next year and they're in the same position. Why? Because they've become, as you said, their story. And the reason they've become their story is because it's an identity issue. They're afraid that if they let go of their story, people are not going to love them. People are not going to care about them as much anymore, which is wrong. And one of the programs, in fact, my the most favorite and preferred talk that I give is called You Are Not Your Story. Mm -hmm. Yes, you are the victim. Things did happen to you. Yes, you were abused, discriminated against, you were fired, you were assaulted, you were beat up, you were bullied. All of those things, yes, they happened to you. But you can choose to stay there if you want to, understanding it's a choice. Or you could rewrite, redirect, 
and become the producer of your story, much like we do in our favorite films. And I share this example. When you're watching a film or when you look at the making of a film or a television show or even a musical concert, if the producer and the director are on set and they don't like what the actors are doing, they don't like the result, they don't like the energy, they don't like how somebody said their lines, what happens? They yell, cut! And they stop the action. They bring in the writer and they go, rewrite these lines for John over here. And so they give John new lines to say that are probably more effective and more in keeping with who John is as a person, his personality. Because maybe these are lines that a tough guy would say, and maybe John's not a very tough guy. So you got to give him things to say in a different way. So you can do that for your own life. If you don't like the way things are going, if you don't like your marriage, your neighborhood, your job, how you're treated at work or how you're treated by your clients, you can say cut and put a stop to it. Rewrite the story, meaning write down and get clarity on what you want it to be moving forward. And then you become the director. That means that everybody in your circle, whether it's your family, your husband, your children, people at school, people at work, you get to direct, not necessarily by being the boss and saying, hey, you do this, do that. No, not like that. You get to direct what each of these people do in your life. So if someone's not behaving with you the way you would like them to, as the director, you can change that behavior. You can say, you know what? That's really not what I'm here for, or I'm not going to tolerate that kind of behavior, or you can choose to continue behaving that way, but I'm not going to be a part of it, right? Continue, but go on somewhere else. I love you, but go do your thing somewhere else, not with me. It's not going to happen here. Mm -hmm. So that's being the director. And you can do this every single day, every single moment of your life. And then the producer, he or she is the one that gathers everybody together. They actually make a hand selected. They are the ones that identify, you're going to be the leading role. In other words, you're going to be my spouse. You're going to be my boyfriend. You're going to be my girlfriend. You're going to be my boss. You're going to be my coworkers. You're going to be my bus driver today. You're going to be the person that serves me my meal today at the restaurant. That's the producer. And so if you become the writer, the director, and the producer of your life, Natalia, people in your audience, if they listen to this and they start doing this and studying like how the movies are made, how television shows are made, they can create magical, magical lives almost effortlessly mm -hmm. simply by changing their hat, simply by saying, okay, yes, I was the victim, but I don't want to be the victim anymore. What do I have to do? Uh, I need to rewrite the story. How's this going to end? Where is Steve going to live next year? Who is Steve going to be with next year? What kind of person? What kind of money? What kind of house? What kind of neighborhood? What kind of vacations? What kind of clothes? All those things we can direct for ourselves. Yeah. But what about those people that are extremely intelligent? They understand everything. They have all the tools they need to make those changes, but they are comfortable to be in their misery. Everybody gets to choose their own journey. And some people do choose to be the victim, to always be the ones getting in trouble, to be the ones always getting blamed, the ones getting picked on, the ones being bullied, because that's what they identify with. And who's to say that they shouldn't, right? right? You and I can look at it objectively and go, mm, I wouldn't want that for me. If that's what they choose for themselves, they can choose that for themselves. Sadly, in a lot of cases, when you see like your spouse or your children or somebody that you love going through these hard times and not wanting to make the necessary changes to get out of the situation, because only they can make the changes. We can wish for people and desire for them to have a different outcome. And we know how to get them there because we've done it, you've done it, right? And you've done it with other clients. And so you know there's a formula to getting from here to there. But for the person that doesn't want to get there, oh, they'll talk about it. Oh, that would be nice to be over there. Oh, that would be nice to have more money. Oh, that would be nice to have a better job, drive a better car, be in a better relationship. But ultimately, they're the ones that have to make the decision. It comes down to getting in touch with 
who's in charge here is the question that I like to have my audience ask themselves is who's in charge here? Because if your life is being affected or impacted in a negative way, for example, and you don't like it, but you're not willing to make the changes, then you're expecting somebody else to change. They're never going to change. That's not their role. If I'm driving down the road and there's an obstacle in my way in front of the car, what can I do? I can sit there and stop and honk the horn and hope somebody comes out and moves this, right? Or I can just sit here and complain and I go, who put that obstacle on the road? Don't they know I'm late for work? And what am I going to do now? And blah, blah, blah. And let me call somebody and mom, help. You know, there's an obstacle on my road, right? Or you can simply get out of the car and move this out of your way. But ultimately, the choice is yours. Yeah. And it's how much work you're willing to do, how much you want the change as well, too. Exactly. You speak about you're not a success and you're not a failure. Can Ooh, you I love tell that us one. a little bit <laughs> more about that? <laughs> I love that one. Going back to what I said earlier about the society that we live in, it compels us to compete against each other, right? Because we grow up and we're being told, well, if you want to be a success, Steve, mm-hmm. if you want to be successful, these are the things that you need to do. And so what do we do? We grow up saying to ourselves, I want to be a success. Yes, I want to be a success. I want to be a success. I want to be a success. And then we get to a certain point in life when we go, you know what? I look at Natalia and she's got a big house. I got a little house. I'm not so much of a success, am I? She's more successful than me. Therefore, I must be a failure. And this is where I think one of the biggest problems lies in our society is chasing this idea that we need to become successful. And so what I like to teach is you are neither a success nor are you a failure. Success and failure are simply two opposite sides of the same coin. And these are words used to describe the outcome Mm -hmm. of an event. That's it. You're not the success you're not the failure. Success and failure are simply the outcomes of an event, meaning you intend something. Let's say I intend to run a marathon. I've never run a marathon before, Natalia. I'm not a runner. I used to be when I was younger, but I'm not one of these long-distance marathon runners. It just doesn't excite me. But let's say that I wanted to do it because somebody says, Steve, come on, let's do it, or let's raise money for charity or whatever. So I go And I run the marathon and I make it two miles and I don't make it. I drop out. Some people would say in that situation, I failed. I'm a failure. And I say, no, the event failed. In other words, your intent to run the marathon and finish the marathon failed. But you're not the failure. Here's another example. Natalia, have you ever been in a car accident? Did you leave the car accident thinking, oh, I'm such an accident? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, we don't do that. Why? Why? Accident happened. (laughs) Well, and but we recognize that we're not the accident. Right. It's an event. It's something that happened. Right. We might have been at fault. Maybe it wasn't our fault, but we were certainly involved. And so the fact that we were there to be involved. You know, insurance companies say it's your fault because you were there. If you were at home, you wouldn't have been involved in the accident, right? So that's one way of looking at it. But we don't consider ourselves an accident. So why, when we go and try out for a new position with our company, or we go and apply for a job, or we go and try and build a business, or write a book, or start dating or get married, why, when those things don't work out, we tell ourselves we're a failure. Again, it's because of our upbringing. It's because of the programming, the language, the words that were used to describe us. Teachers used to tell me, you're a failure. You're nothing but a failure. So I thought in the beginning of my life that that was a description of who I was. And it wasn't until many years later becoming a personal development expert, studying human nature, and how we achieve success and chase this idea of success, that's when it came to me that we're neither a success nor a failure. It's just simply what happens. 
Yeah. It's so true because so many of us think like a lot of wiring and the way that we think has to do with big traumas. And of course, there are some big traumas, but a lot of life lessons and life experiences also affect our thought process. And they don't have to be big and traumatic. No, not at all. It can be a series of small things too. And the reason that we have this phenomenon, I think it's a phenomenon, is because we don't learn any of this in school. We don't learn any of these concepts, these ideas, when we're children. Those are our formative years. Those are the the times in our lives that we absorb information. We may not be able to understand it, but at least if we start telling our children, you're not a success, you're not a failure, don't worry about it. Do your best, right? Go out and intend something. Go out and take risks. Go out and meet the challenges. And if it doesn't work out, it's okay. Celebrate it anyway. Right. Yes, the event failed, but certainly you know why it failed. Ah, the marathon failed because I didn't train. I just went out from one day to the next, ate a bunch of pizza the night before, and then started running 25 miles the next day. No, it's never going to happen. No matter right how positive my mind is, it's never going to happen because I'm not physically prepared to compete in that kind of an event. But that doesn't make me a failure. It just means that the event failed, but now I know why. So if I want to try it again, hmm, what do I have to do? I need to train, find a coach, find a track, get the right gear, get the right shoes, the right equipment for whatever it is that you want to do. So many of us also give too much power of what other people think. Mm. And what are your thoughts on that? How do we overcome that, right? And it tends to hold us back as well. Again, great question. And that's another one of these issues in our society that we are taught to believe that what other people think about or what other people think about us is more important than what we think about ourselves. And this is one of the challenges that I had to overcome when, as I said, I was pursuing a music career when I was much younger because I needed to know that the people in the audience loved me. In other words, I was so dependent on that love and respect and admiration that when I wasn't singing, Natalia, I was depressed. And you see this a lot in today's environment, entertainment industry with musicians and actors and people in the media, if their agents aren't calling and saying, hey, I have a script for you for to do the next Steven Spielberg movie, if, if they're not getting those calls, they get depressed and they don't know what to do. And so they turn to drugs and they start making other mistakes. But we need to realize that self-respect, that the love that we're seeking from others can only come from ourselves first. And I learned this In 2008, I was at a success conference where the speaker put up the chart for Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where he says, everybody is looking for love, self-esteem, security. And he said, if you're looking for one of these things on this chart, means you don't have it. And if you don't have it, how can you give it away? And that question, Natalia, It was like he shot an arrow right into me with that question because I had been looking for love my entire life by being on stage, being a singer. But then he said, if you don't already have love, how can you give it away? And so that's when I realized and almost immediately I made a shift. I was able to let go all of the past, all of the trying to become that successful Julio Iglesias. I was able to let it go. Because recognizing that what I was after had to come from inside me first. Because if I don't love myself, I can't expect you or my wife or anybody else to love me. Right. right? But this is a problem that people get into relationships not loving themselves, but we need love from the other person. And when you go into a relationship with these needs, it's going to destroy the relationship. Why? Because the other person, as much as they want to, they can't possibly keep up. 
because there's going to come the time when they forget about your anniversary, they forget your birthday, they forget that you did this, they forget to call you, they forget to text you, and you're going to say, oh, you didn't call me on my birthday, and you're like, oh my God, yes, I didn't call you, but it doesn't mean I don't, right? And that's what happens, and you hear people say, they say, oh, I need him, I need her. I'm nothing without you. Those are very nice romantic sentiments for poems and songs. But the reality is that you don't need another person. You need yourself. You need to breathe. You need sunlight. You need water and you need food. Those are the things that you need. But if you love yourself, you don't need anybody else to tell you how wonderful you are. Yes, it's nice to hear. But Once you love yourself, and once I learned to love myself, I was able to let go of this need to get love, respect, and admiration from the audience. And now, as I tell my wife and my other friends, I sing to give love, not to get love, right? I sing just to share and to have fun. And it's so much more fun when I play my guitar now because I'm not worried about what people are thinking. So when we're worried about what other people are thinking is because we're self-focused. We're worried about... How do I look? How do I sound? How do I appear to others? What are they thinking of me? Am I driving the right car? Do I have enough money? Do I live in the right house? Am I wearing the right clothes? Self-focus. And that's very detrimental. When if you just take your eyes off yourself and put them on someone else, how can I serve? How can I help? How can I help you? How can I be a better husband? How can I be a better boyfriend? How can I be a better father? How can I be a better coworker? How can I be a better employee? Ask yourself those questions. And that thought that what other people think will slowly, but eventually disappear. So true. So you are a creator of this amazing awards program called the Voices of Impact Awards. So why impact and why did you choose to create this award? Another great question, and thank you for asking that. This is my favorite topic. It's my favorite project, the Voices of Impact Awards. It was created because after many, many years of being having the privilege of sharing my story on radio shows, on podcasts like this one, on stages and speaking, people would always come up to me and say, Steve, thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm so inspired and motivated. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to follow your advice. I'm going to follow your lead and do all these great things. And I would say, thank you. But you know what? I bet you have an incredible story too. You should share it. And over time, after saying this so many times, Natalia, it dawned on me when I didn't see all these other people sharing their stories, that there's no legitimate place until now, that there was no real legitimate place for the everyday person to share their story in a safe environment, in a supportive environment where they can feel celebrated and recognized. Yes, we have social media, but social media is just so dangerous. Number one, you're just trying to figure out who can scream the loudest so that you can be heard. And because there's so many people using social media, nobody's paying attention to anybody. So what do we do? We take our clothes off, right? We take our clothes off so we can get attention, so we can get likes, so we can get followers and those kinds of things, right? So social media is not the place. So we built an awards show so that I could show everyday people how their seemingly ordinary lives are worthy of celebration and recognition, just like all the celebrities, just like all the athletes, just like all the politicians, and all the people that we see in the news all day long about the great things that they're doing, but I'm not inspired by them. I'm inspired by you. I'm inspired by you and your story of being an immigrant and coming here to this country, making something of yourself, overcoming all of the challenges and not having money, not speaking the language, not having the resources, not having the friends, not having any of that. And look at, you're one of the most successful podcasts in existence. And that's fascinating, right? I would much rather sit down and have a meal with you and my wife and your family and just share than I would sitting with, I don't know, Kardashians or whoever's the popular figure of the day trying to attract our attention. So I think that it's time, just like the Oscars for the film industry, the Grammys for the music industry, the Emmys for the television industry, I think it's time that we have an award show for the everyday person, for the first responder, for the school teacher, for the nurse, for the stay-at-home mom, 
for the executive, for the surgeon, for the dentist, for the dental hygienist, for all of these people that are on the front lines of life, that are living day in and day out, overcoming struggles and challenges, and knowing that they have valuable lessons that they can teach others, I decided that it's time that we have an awards program. And so this is an annual event, and it's my legacy project. And it's a way, like I shared in the beginning of this, when we talk about sharing our stories, is it's the one thing that we can all contribute is our experiences. Oh, really? You went through that? Wow, I went through that. How did you overcome that, Natalia? Tell me so that I can maybe do it too. And that's all that's required. So it's for people that write songs. So if you have an original song, or if you want to share your personal story, they can go to voiawards.com and register to become one of the storytellers. I'm giving away personally $25,000 in cash in, in prize money. We have a book contract for Morgan James Publishing for one of the finalists. They're going to get to choose. I like your story. We're going to write a book, which is fabulous because you're one of the nation's leading publishers. And so we're getting more awards as we go along and as people become more aware of the program. And right now we're just in the United States, but probably for year two or three, we're going to be global. Something else exciting about the Voices of Impact Awards, Natalia, is that anybody that's never shared their story before, they've never spoken in public, they haven't written a book, they're not used to this process, we give them free guidance and free training, free mentorship. We have a team of experts as part of the Voices of Impact Awards that are experts in branding, in media, in speaking, in writing, and a lot of other areas, taking care of your health, podcasting, all those things, so that anybody that enters can get access to this free training and mentorship. And then if they want to work one-on-one with any particular expert beyond the free training, they can certainly do that. And any visitor to anybody that visits the website, whether or not they register or not, they get access to a free book that I wrote called How to Share Your Story. And it walks them through exactly what I did to develop my story and then how to write it and then how to present it. So there's really no reason for anybody that hasn't done this before to say, yeah, I can't do it because you can do it. I want to, but I don't know how to, and I don't have white tools. And how long is this speech supposed to be like in the end, if they did? If they make it to the finals, the talk is eight minutes long. Oh, that's amazing. So what's success to you, Steve? Success is being able to, number one, look in the mirror and just smile at yourself and say, I love you Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, because you did something good, or maybe you tried something new, or maybe you took a risk, or maybe you just took that step forward to write your book or to improve your health or to become a better person for your spouse or for your children. It's very simple. It has nothing to do with money or awards or recognitions or honors, although those things are important and they do inspire and motivate some of us. To me, feeling successful is knowing that I have done good for someone else. And this is part of what excites me so much about the Voices of Impact Awards because my wife will tell you, I've always been one of those guys that if I get invited to a party at your house, Natalia, my first question is going to be, what can I bring? Number two is, can I invite other people? <laughs> I love that. that. That's just me. I like to bring other people with me to a celebration, to something fun, to something joyous. And I remember in Dallas a couple of years ago, I was invited to speak on TEDx. And I asked the organizer, can I invite other people to apply for this TEDx program? She said, yes, please, because she didn't know a lot of people. So I invited at least 100 of my friends who were speakers or emerging speakers to go and apply for this TEDx program. Some of them made it, some of them didn't. But that's just what I like to do is I like to share the the abundance because there's so much abundance. There's no competition here. You and I are not competing. It would be an honor to share the stage with you. I don't have to say, no, I'm not going to tell Natalia about this because then she'll appear on stage and she'll have the audience's attention and she'll sell the books and people will sign up for her coaching and not mine. No, I don't believe in that. So that's what success is to me. Yeah, Yeah. because there is enough for everyone. The way that 
God created this universe. There is enough for everyone. We can all share. We can all serve. And last few years, that's what I've been working on personally, too. If I'm part of an organization, a charity, or whatever it is, what am I bringing to the table, right? How am I serving? How am I making that difference? So meeting people like you gives me so much hope, and it inspires me to see that there is hope out there, and there are good people that are trying to do all this incredible work. So what is the best life advice that you have ever received? Best life advice I'd ever received is probably not to take myself so seriously. And I was told that by one of my coaches several years ago, because I was in that frame of mind where I was after, again, the admiration, I was after the respect, I was after the notoriety, the recognition. And this was when I was a lawyer now. It wasn't 2008 yet. So I hadn't made that discovery that I need to love myself first before I can love anybody else. I hadn't gotten there yet. So this was still in my life. When I was in Los Angeles, I was an entertainment lawyer. And I thought I was a big shot and I wanted to be a bigger shot. I found myself clinically depressed in large part because I was dissatisfied with the entertainment industry and how abusive it was and how negative it was. And I had to come to terms with, why do I want to be in the entertainment industry so much if it's so negative and so dark and so abusive? I was depressed for that reason. But then number two is because I wasn't having the impact or the recognition that I felt I needed to have as an entertainment lawyer. Again, it's that wanting to be admired respect. And so the coach that I had at the time told me not to take myself so seriously, meaning that every little thing I did, it had to produce big results. It had to produce fireworks. It had to produce magic. And if it didn't, I was a failure. And by him sharing that with me, he let me know and he gave me numerous examples of how there's so many people, especially in the legal arena, in the professional fields, that don't necessarily have the impact that they're wanting in that particular moment. It may come later. But if you take yourself too seriously, you alienate people, you become arrogant, you become expectant, right? Too expectant of others. And it just drives people away. And what is the one thing that people wouldn't guess about you? The one thing they wouldn't guess about me is that I was a police officer (laughs) (laughs) or a lawyer. People say, well, you're a lawyer. You're so nice. You're so personable. And having been in law enforcement and being a lawyer are a couple of things that people would never guess about me. But they also would never guess that I was at one point subject to deportation from this country and that I met personally then President Ronald Reagan and asked for his help to overcome this issue. And he agreed. Wow. What an incredible story. It is. Wow. And what is the worst (laughs) business advice that you have ever received? You got to hustle. In other words, work hard. It's like this idea, this mentality of grind through it, right? You got to grind it. You got to hustle. I don't believe that anything that we do, that we have to work so hard for something, because if you got to work so hard for something, it's probably not the right thing to do, or you're probably not doing the right way. Life is relatively easy. In Mm. other words, it's not difficult. We face difficult times and we face challenges because we're not prepared mentally or we're not prepared physically or we're not prepared in some form or another. But once we're prepared, it's just like somebody joining the Marine Corps or trying out to become an athlete. Once you prepare to play football, once you prepare to be a Marine, right? I was trained for 13 weeks to be a Marine. Once I was trained and I went out there to do the things that Marines do, it was effortless. It was challenging. It was hot and we carried a lot of packs and weight and weapons and those kinds of things. So there was some difficult times, but it was relatively effortless. And I think that business can be the same way. Relationships are definitely the same way because if you're grinding it to make your relationship work, chances are you're in the wrong relationship. 
Yeah, absolutely. And what is the most important quality that you look for in others personally and professionally? Integrity. I've told people some time ago when they would make fun at lawyer jokes and those kinds of things. And they say, oh, lawyers should be shot. And Shakespeare was right. Let's kill all the lawyers. <laughs> they would tell all these lawyer jokes. And I said, you know what? As I've been a lawyer and I've passed the library of books that we have on our shelves, law books, case books is what they're called. And I can open up any book and each one of these books is filled with nothing but stories about how Steve should treat Natalia, about what Steve did to Natalia and how the court says, Steve, you shouldn't have done that. So they're just stories about people doing things to one another where they have to have a third party, a tribunal, the courts come in and say, no, we're not going to allow this or we are going to allow this. So I would say to these people, you want to get rid of all the lawyers? Be a man or woman of your word. In other words, do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it to the best of your ability. Lawyers will cease to exist because lawyers only exist when somebody doesn't do what they're supposed to do. Right now, Natalia has to call the lawyer because Steve didn't fulfill his promise or vice versa. If we just do what we say we're going to do, when we're going to do it, to the best of our ability, that's the best advice. Absolutely. I can talk to you for hours, but the last few questions that I ask everyone, in this season of your life, what gives you hope? People like you, shows like this, the fact that there are other messengers out there trying to create a better world. And it may be a small effort. I know that you're putting in a lot of time to this because I know what it takes to produce a show, to interview guests, to prepare for it, to edit the show, to promote it, and those kinds of activities. So I know it takes a lot, but it gives me hope to know that there's shows like this out there that are reaching hundreds of thousands and millions of people around the world, and that this show is going to outlive both you and me. 30, 40, 50, 100 years from now, somebody's going to be able to access the show. On I don't know on what platform, or it could be on Mars, and they're going to be able to listen to this show. Well, wow, I got wisdom of a hundred years ago from Steve and Natalia. So yeah, I'm grateful for shows like this and for you. Thank you so much. And what are your three favorite books? Number one is I Am by my friend Howard Falco, which is a book that teaches you to ask that I believe is the most important question in the world is who am I? So check out the book, I am. The other one is how to live remarkably written by Steve Gallegos, because that book teaches you how to solve your problems, eliminate stress and make better decisions. And I had so much fun writing that book. It's available on Amazon. And then my third book is probably Norman Vincent Peale's the Power of Positive Thinking. And the reason I add that book is because that is the book that truly saved my life. It was given to me as a gift by my high school girlfriend when I was 17 years old. She was recognizing that I was in a very dark place. And she gave me this book called The Power of Positive Thinking. And as I read through it, Natalia, I didn't understand much of it. I did read these seven words that impacted me. And it said, change your thoughts and change your world by Norman Vincent Peale. I didn't know that you could change your thoughts. I didn't know what that meant at the time, but I knew that I could change my world. And so I did it by running away from home and joining the Marine Corps. In other words, that to me was changing my world, changing my environment, getting out of the situation I was in and working towards becoming that writer, director, producer of my own life. Those are the three books that I think are my favorite. Amazing. And if you were granted three wishes, what would they be? I already have my first wish, which is the most amazing wife on the planet. And we've been married and having an amazing relationship now for 13 years. It's been absolute amazing. And it gets better every single day. So that's wish number one is to have a amazing, supportive, solid partner, right? That I can mm -hmm. rely on, not from need, but simply someone that I could really just share my life with at every level in every way. 
My second wish is to have 10,000 people register to compete in the Voices of Impact Awards, because that's our magic number that will allow us to go internationally in year two and three. So the sooner we get to that number, yay. And then the third one is just to continue living without any health problems, no disease, no physical ailments, just have the longevity and the vitality that I enjoy today. And I want to continue having that until my last day here on earth. And what would you like to be most known for? I want to be most known as the guy who didn't leave anybody behind, Mm -hmm. who gave his wisdom, who gave of himself, who gave his time and energy and talents to help other people become better, but not by competing and not by selling them things necessarily, although I do have things to sell, but I don't want to leave anybody behind. Beautiful. And where can the listeners find you? The first place I'll tell them is to contact you, Natalia Earl, <laughs> to, to say thank you for producing this show and bringing on such fabulous guests. And uh, Natalia will know how to reach me, of course. And you can find me on Facebook at Stevie G Success or on Instagram at Stevie G Success. You can also go to the Voices of Impact Awards.com. Yeah, and we can meet there. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your journey. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you, Natalia. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking this ride and spending part of your day with me. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. And if it inspired or impacted you in any way, And if you got anything helpful out of it, don't forget to subscribe. It would mean so much to me if you left a quick review and shared this podcast with others on your social media platforms. And of course, don't forget to tag us. Stay true to yourselves, friends. Until next time. Adios. Arrivederci. Buckle up.